Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. Welcome to the How to Solve Climate Change course from Plato University. Causes, systems, obstacles, solutions to this global challenge is what you're going to learn here today. When you're ready to learn more skills, join us for free at Plato.University. Let's get started with today's lesson. Spoiler alert. I'm going to give you my top recommendations for the solutions that I think are most effective right now to help solve climate change. If you only listen to one lesson of this course, I want it to be this one, and I'm not going to bury the lead. And then we'll get into the course and understand why I recommended these. Before I give these recommendations, I want to make a quick note that I think for all of these solutions, it's important that they add to our lives and not take away. It's much easier to make change and get people to go along with the solution if it's bringing a benefit to their life rather than telling them they can't do something. My first recommendation is educating people about the climate change problem. Education is the whole reason Plato University exists. Without education, people will not be aware of the problem or solutions. At Plato University, we believe education underlies all other issues. If we can actually give people the information, knowledge, and skills to solve this problem, they can go forward and actually be able to do so. So education will always be my first and foremost recommendation. Later in the course, you're going to hear from Nivea Chanta talking about education and movement and what an effective climate education could look like. My next recommendation is transitioning to renewable energy with upgrades to our electric grids. To do this, we'll require a portfolio of energy solutions. In this course, we talk about solar, wind, hydropower, geothermal energy, biomass energy, hydrogen energy, and nuclear energy. Each of those have its place, but I personally think that hydropower has significant potential. Later in the course, you're going to hear from Malcolm Wolf, who is the president and chief executive officer of the National Hydropower Association. And he's going to reveal that 90% of dams in the U.S. are currently not being used for producing electricity. Only 3% of the dams that we have on rivers are used for producing electricity. He's going to also reveal in the lesson that that 97%, all of those dams, they can either be taken away, which is going to restore ecosystems and biodiversity for that area, or they can be converted over to electric dams. We don't have to create anything new. These are using existing dams. Now, if you combine that, with smart grid technology, basically grids that are going to measure the impacts of electricity coming in and going out to your different appliances and the way that it's being used, I think we can have quite an effective system. You're going to hear more about smart grid technology in the lesson discussed with Joshua Rhodes from the University of Texas, Austin. Doing these things would see a significant reduction in carbon emissions from fossil fuels, which, as you'll hear in this course, is a major contributor to the problem of climate change. My third recommendation is moving towards regenerative agriculture practices. The agriculture system is also a huge contributor to global emissions. You're going to hear from David Leon and Gabe Brown while talking about ag regenerative agriculture. Although the dominant narrative is to go more plant-based, the reality of getting everyone to give up meat is most likely not going to happen. We evolved eating meat. Most people eat meat. And the health benefits of going entirely plant-based can be questionable. We're not covering that in this course. All that I'm pointing out is that getting everyone to give up meat to the level that we need to actually have a significant reduction in emissions is going to be too much. That's not a good leverage point to attack. You'll learn more about leverage points later in this course. 
So it would be beneficial to find ways to sustain meat production while improving the environment. Remember, we're trying to add value to people's lives, not trying to take away from it. I think regenerative agriculture has the potential of doing that based on its practices. My fourth recommendation is protecting biodiversity. Much of the focus of innovative startups are to create new technology for sequestering carbon, basically pulling the carbon that we've emitted out of the air and trying to put it back into the ground or use it. Those are great, and we will need them for our cities and concrete jungles that we've created. However, the Earth has been naturally sequestering carbon for millennia, and what you will learn are called carbon sinks. These are areas of land or water that pull carbon from the air and store them for long periods of time. You're going to hear in the biodiversity lesson about the Half Earth Project, which aims to protect 50% of the land to increase biodiversity. As a consequence of that, it will also protect 50% of the land for carbon sequestration into the natural carbon sinks like forests, wetlands, and oceans, which also each have their own individual lessons later in this course. Humans are brilliant, and the technology that we make are great. However, understanding complex systems, as you'll soon learn in this course, is very hard to do. Mother Nature has been doing it quite well for quite a long time, so if we can better support systems that already exist, I believe that's a better leverage point than trying to create new technology that sequesters carbon. My fifth recommendation is to look at the building materials that we use. Maybe I'm biased because I used to be an architect, but industry and the building materials created by it require immense amount of energy and emit immense amount of carbon into the air. So I would focus on new innovative materials that are healthy for humans and the environment. Later in this course, you'll learn about alternative plastics, alternative steel, alternative cement, all products that we use a ton of and ways that we can make them better. This is also going to require designers making the materials that we use beautiful and using them in a cool way. Otherwise, they're never going to be adopted. Now, how did I get to these recommendations? What is the process that I went through? Well, you, my dear listener, are about to embark in that journey. During this course, we're going to cover the problem of climate change, the systems underlying it, the root causes in those systems, obstacles that we may come in contact when trying to create solutions, and then a portfolio of solutions that we may be able to use to solve climate change. The reason I say portfolio is because no one solution is going to actually solve this. And the reason being is because each of these solutions are addressing a different leverage point within this complex system. During this course, I'm also going to teach you systems thinking. I'm going to walk you through using an iceberg model and identifying those leverage points so that you can see when I make a change here at this leverage point, it has this effect in the system and may actually help to solve climate change. Towards the end of the course, I'm going to help you develop a plan so that you can either contribute to one of these solutions that we talk about today, or you can go forward and start creating your own solution. Along the way, we're going to be talking about experts in their specific field working on these types of solutions, boosts on the streets. We're going to be asking me what their solution is, how it works, why it may help solve climate change, why it might not, and who benefits and who is harmed by implementing the solution. Some of this course was also created with the help of AI. And to help you identify those portions, I used AI-enhanced voices through Descript, which is the editing program that I use. You're going to hear two voices. You're going to hear Ethan, which will answer some of the questions I ask. Ethan, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Ethan. I'll be narrating the material created for this course that was created using AI tools. And then you're also going to hear from Emily, 
is going to present our activities that go along with each one of the lessons. At Plato University, we don't want you just intaking information. We want you to be able to actually apply it. So with every lesson, we introduce a short activity for you to practice some of the skills that you learned. Emily, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Emily. I'll be presenting the activities at the end of our lessons. Whether the lesson was created with AI or with an expert, I always encourage you to go do more of your own research. Think for yourself. Each one of the lessons is going to present extra resources that can help you to develop more skills in that area or to further your understanding. Today, let's start simply and first understand what is the problem? What is climate change? Climate change refers to the long-term alteration of Earth's average weather patterns and climate systems. It is primarily driven by human activities, particularly the emission of greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide into the atmosphere. These gases trap heat from the sun, creating a natural greenhouse effect that keeps the Earth warm enough to sustain life. However, human activities have significantly increased the concentrations of these gases in the atmosphere, leading to an enhanced greenhouse effect and, consequently, global warming. Why is climate change a problem? Climate change is a problem with far-reaching and potentially catastrophic consequences. It is disrupting the delicate balance of Earth's climate systems, leading to a wide range of negative impacts. First off, rising global temperatures. This leads to heat waves, extreme weather events, and more frequent and intense natural disasters like hurricanes, floods, and wildfires. Then we have melting ice and rising sea levels. As glaciers and polar ice caps melt, sea levels rise, posing a significant threat to coastal communities, ecosystems, and infrastructure. We also have ocean acidification. Increased CO2 in the atmosphere is absorbed by the oceans, causing them to become more acidic, which harms marine life and coral reefs. Biodiversity loss is also a problem. Climate change affects ecosystems and habitats, resulting in the extinction or migration of plant and animal species, disrupting ecosystems' ability to function. And finally, food and water security. Changing weather patterns can affect crop yields and water availability, leading to food and water shortages in vulnerable regions. Why should people care about climate change? People should care about climate change because it is an urgent and existential threat to our planet and future generations. The impacts of climate change are already being felt around the world, and they will only worsen if we don't take decisive action. Let's start with human well-being. Climate change affects human health, livelihoods, and living conditions, especially in vulnerable communities. We all care about economic consequences, right? Climate-related disasters and damages can have severe economic repercussions at local, national, and global scales. This is not a problem for just one person. Climate change is a global challenge that requires collective action from all nations to address effectively. Plus, what is our ethical responsibility? We have a moral obligation to protect the planet and preserve its resources for future generations. What small action could I take right now as an everyday citizen to help solve climate change? I'll refrain from giving you the popular answers like planting a tree or using less electricity in your home, because in the grand scheme of actions, those won't move the needle much. Additionally, those actions often require you to sacrifice or lessen your quality of life. An excellent solution should improve your quality of life. For example, instead of requiring everyone to use less energy, find a way for energy to be more abundantly available, for cheaper and renewable. So the best actions an individual could take right now are 1. Learn and educate yourself about the problem. The more able you are to critically think about the problem, the more effective you will be at deciding solution. Which leads us to the second action, vote. During this course one of the skills you will hear over and over is understanding policy. As an everyday citizen, you can affect policy by the way you vote. 
You can either vote with a ballot on policies being implemented at both the local and federal level, or you can vote with your dollars, buying from and investing in companies creating solutions or using sustainable business practices. And finally, the greatest contribution you can make towards solving climate change is either coming up with solutions or contributing to existing solutions and accelerating their innovation and adoption. This will also require you to learn and educate yourself, which is why you are listening to this course. So really the best action is to start learning. With that, I will hand it back to you, Brandon, so you can teach our listeners about MISO research. During this course, we will be using the MISO method of action research. Now, action research is a collaborative and participatory research approach that focuses on addressing real-world problems and improving practices within a specific context. It involves systematic inquiry, reflection, and action taken by practitioners, researchers, stakeholders, and even you, my dear listener, to generate practical solutions and positive changes in their environment. Action research is characterized by its iterative nature involving cycles of planning, action, observation, and reflection. Now, we're going to specifically be using this method of research because it focuses on two things, problem solving and knowledge generation. So action research allows people to directly engage with issues they face in their work or their environment, leading to practical solutions that address real problems. That's what we care about here at Plato University. The things that you learn, you can apply in real life and solve some real problems. The second reason is associated with knowledge generation. Action research generates context-specific knowledge that may not be captured by traditional research methods. This knowledge is often valuable for localized decision-making. We want you to gain the knowledge and skills specific to the problems that you want to be able to solve. By the research that you're doing, you're going to uncover the issues associated with that specific problem in that specific context and skills and knowledge that you can actually use to formulate a solution to that problem. So how do we do MISO action research? Well, MISO stands for Media, Interview, Survey, Observation. So starting with media, these are videos, audios, maps, articles, books, and during this course, you will hear recommendations from experts on media resources to further your research. All of these will be listed on the Plato University platform, which you can join for free. Now the I in MISO stands for interview. This is where you're asking an expert to gain knowledge. This course leans heavily into interviews with top experts in their field. Some lessons have been developed with the help of AI. However, we will continue to update this course with expert interviews as those with knowledge come forward to contribute. The S in MISO Action Research stands for survey. This is where you're using a set of questions with people who have knowledge on a topic or for general knowledge or opinions. During the lessons, stakeholders of these issues are discussed. I encourage you to actually talk with these stakeholders and ask them questions about how their problem affects them. And the last part of MISO research is observation. This is where you're using your surroundings or memories of being somewhere or creating an experiment or simulation in order to gain knowledge. Each one of the lessons of this course has an activity associated with it. These will ask you to make observations, experiment, or understand your own experience with the problem. So throughout this course, you'll be practicing MISO action research. Your activity today is simple. I want you to reflect. What do you think the problem is? Why do you care about it? And what skills and talents could you bring to help solve this problem? In each one of the lessons you hear coming soon, there's going to be different skills that are listed out that are going to be needed to solve this problem. 
you may have some of those skills or be excited to learn them. Take note of those because that's where you'll be able to actually contribute and help solve this global challenge. After your reflection, listen to the rest of the course where we will help you understand the systems and causes underlying the problem, the obstacles you'll face solving it, and a portfolio of solutions already being done that you may be able to contribute to or where new ideas still need to emerge for which you may be able to create a solution. Thank you so much for your time and attention. Thank you for taking the How to Solve Climate Change course. If you want to learn the skills to solve this global challenge, join us for free at Plato.University for exclusive content, extra resources, and actionable exercises with every lesson. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at Plato.University.